Welcome back to another episode of Kicking It With Coach Red, where we bring you all the news, stories, takes, and opinions about your favorite teams from the Pacific North Fresh, from the good to the bad to the Mariners. Oh, baby, the freaking Mariners. It's still Miller time. Who knows? I could have just shit the whole bed there, but we'll see what happens. Uh, not talking about the Mariners. We are going to jump pretty quick into this episode because we are going to be breaking down approximately 10 players that were drafted by the Seattle Mariners. Mariners. Seattle Seahawks. See, Bryce Miller's got me thinking about the Mariners again. You savvy SOB. We're recording this on Tuesday. Uh, happy Tommy LaStella DFA Day to all that celebrate. Woo! Yeah, get him the hell out of here. So excited. Okay. Before we hop into this episode, why don't I tell you a little bit about us? If you're looking for a guy that is going to scour these prospects, but just promote competition just like i did in our mock draft episode against kane's podcast you'd be looking for a boy like pete carroll or me coach red you can find me on twitter at the real coach red on instagram at the real underscore coach red also check out the show on youtube search kicking in with coach red like subscribe hit the bell notification leave a comment or 10 like the amount of draft picks the seahawks took this year also, follow the podcast page at Coach Red Pod on Twitter and Insta. Follow us, follow us, follow us. Do it, do it, do it. That was my best lefty impersonation. I liked it. If you're looking for a guy like maybe like Chad Morton, who might make a phone call to someone, they're super emotional, like Kenny McIntosh, and he had to like he like hung up on him twice. He's like, "Hey man, just call me back when you're." Just come back when you're there. That sounds a lot like Kane. That's true. Hi, I'm Kane. You can find me on Twitter at Kane2406, on YouTube at Kane06, TikTok, and Twitch at Kane0624. We're going to jump into this. I'll give you Mariners players that was drafted, give you their draft position. Also, Seahawks player. God, Seahawks. Jeez, jeez, jeez. We haven't done a Mariners episode in so long. It's just oozing out of me right Hey, now. we might not, because now they're losing. See? I'm also going to give you the rank from TDN, which is the Draft Network. If you haven't checked it out, it's a pretty awesome site. Uh, they do a lot of breakdowns and give you a lot of player profiles. I think that this year they had their top 425 guys, so – super well-run place and they put out a mock a week especially in lead up to the draft so check it out but we'll give you a comparison so starting off with seahawks first pick at number five got it right that time um tdn had this player as their eighth overall player but the seahawks had him as their number one or number two and that is devin witherspoon cornerback out of illinois and we just bought into the rhetoric of the Seahawks not selecting a cornerback higher than third round in the Pete Carroll and John Schneider era and stop watching the game and just dive into the podcast, dude. I'm trying to talk about Devin Witherspoon here. Pull it together. Pull your head out of your, uh, pull oh, your sorry. head out of your ass. It's not a hat. 
I'm sorry. Golly. Because I'm going to turn around and we're going to go off the rails. Devin Witherspoon, this is a Seahawks cornerback. He's sticky in man coverage. I think he has that versatility. He's going to play on the left side. You're not moving to uh, Tariq Woolen. You're going to have a great duo on the outside and probably the top young duo in the league just right off the rip. And what I really like about Devin Witherspoon and what really cements him as a Seahawks cornerback to me is his ability to lay hat and help in the run game. This guy is all about mixing it up and laying some hat on people, super scrappy, and I think really elevates this room. And when you looked at the Seahawks decimating the defensive linemen that were on the team by either not resigning them or cutting them, they might be going with the Belichickian approach of building from the back. When you bring in Julian Love, you've got Jamal Adams, you have Quandre Diggs, Kobe Bryant still factors into this, Mike Jackson still factors into this team, Tariq Woolen, and now Devin Witherspoon. Whew. They're deep. Me likey. Yeah, and, and I believe he's also donning Mr. Boomstick himself. Cam Chancellor's number. Oh, yes. I believe I saw him in a number 31. Uh, and, you know, pay great homage to him. So love the pick. And as, as you, you know, kind of slated there, a duo, I think it's going to be a trio of young cornerbacks with Kobe Bryant, Tariq Woolen, and Devin Witherspoon. Is This is going to be a fun year for this secondary. Agreed. All right, next pick, uh, at pick 20, Jackson Smith and Jigba. TDN had him as their 13th overall prospect. So value pick here. Kane, tell us a little bit about JSN. I absolutely went bananas when they picked JSN. This creates a three-headed monster in our wide receiver room. And it's not even close. I would put it in the in the top five in the league for receiver rooms as just those three guys. Uh, Jason, he is comparable to uh, a little guy we you know, Coach Red loved in fantasy football. Uh, Jarvis Landry. They are comparing him to uh, Jarvis Landry here, and I think that it's honestly really good here i got a guy i think that's underselling it because jarvis landry landry was more of a volume guy where jack smith and jigba can still get over the top i mean go back two years ago i believe we were talking about this earlier i think it was against usc in the rose bowl and he goes for like 324 yards and three tds touchdowns yeah Yeah. i mean in 2021 he had 95 receptions, 1,600 yards with nine touchdowns. And with Gino, how he was last year, you could see those probably shoot up a little bit, especially now that he's with, you know, you can't cover, you can't really double cover anybody on this offense. And I think JSN is going to have a fantastic year. I think I, it'll I just, be I really, really interesting to see how it breaks down because a lot of the times you would see, you know, teams try to key in on DK Metcalf and then you have a big Tyler Lockett game and people key on Lockett, big DK Metcalf game. I think it's going to help widen the array of how the Seahawks can attack a defense. 
I agree. I agree. All right, next pick. Kane's going to give you two breakdowns back-to-back. At pick 37, Derek Hall Edge out of Auburn. TDN had him ranked as their 18th overall prospect. And, and you know, I'll give uh, I'll give the comparison. This is off NFL.com. Uh, Carl Lawson was his comparison. And when I think this was a huge, huge pickup for the Hawks. I mean, you could play him as a linebacker. You could play him on the D on the defensive line. And I mean, this dude in, let's see, two years, 2021 and 2022, nine and six and a half sacks. He's a guy who can pressure the quarterback. And with all of the moves that they made this year, especially getting Jaron Reed, uh, what's Draymond Jones, Draymond Jones. Uh, and you have Boye Mafe still, uh, and we're still out on what's his name? Darrell Taylor. Darrell Taylor. You I are just think killing this right now. Yeah, I know. I just, I really like the move. He can get some, he can break past the offensive line, get some tackles for loss too, which is something that this team really needs. Uh, running backs tend to run all over this team. And He's I just a good run defender is, from what I've seen. Yeah. And so this is just a huge, huge addition to the Hawks. I think that he would kind of help you. I think the Carl Lawson thing is Carl Lawson's a little beefier. Carl Lawson kind of gives me Chen Nwosu vibes. And I think that Boye Mafe will work in rotation with him. I think that with Derek Hall, he gives you a hedge bet with Darrell Taylor where Darrell Taylor is kind of the speedster off the edge. But what I like about Derek Hall is he got a little bit more bend in him comparative to like a Chenny Nwosu. I think he has closer body type to Nwosu than Taylor, but his bend off the edge is pretty stellar. I like it. Next pick, Zach Charbonneau running back UCLA picked at 52. The Draft Network had him as their 80th overall prospect. And this is two years in a row that the Seahawks go to the running back well in the second round. And it was a position they relied on. And I think they felt like they could get good value. I think that he's a similar type player to uh, Kenneth Walker and the fact that he can add versatility in the pass catching game and, but he's also a little bit more of a bruiser. Clocks in at six foot, 215 pounds, can get those nitty gritty yards. He doesn't have the explosiveness that Kenneth Walker has, but he does have, I would say he probably has better contact balance. You know, he's going to get those dirty yards for you. And I think that's big for a Seahawks team where they ranked 18th in rushing last year. And that's not what Pete Carroll likes to see, especially when they're banged up with injury to deepen this running back room with a guy that played pretty darn well in chip kelly's offense down at ucla and i watched it firsthand the dude was a truck sick monster against uw when they got handed their first loss down in ucla and he was a big part and he's a guy that's going to come in slot in as that 1b type running back you know be able to take the workload a little bit off kenneth walker so he can stay fresh and i think this is going to be the closest thing you see to a one-two punch the seahawks have had 
especially if they can both stay healthy. You were expecting that with Walker and Penny last year, and you didn't see it because of the health with Rashad Penny. I think this could be a true committee that you see or have seen with the Cowboys, with Pollard Zeke. I think you kind of see a similar type role with K-9 and Zach Charbonneau. I like it. Oh, back-to-back picks for me now. Next one, guard Anthony Bradford out of LSU. He's picked at 108. Draft Network had him at 169. He is a guard, and I think that this is a pick because he only has one full year of starting experience, but he's has a better athletic profile than Damian Lewis, a former teammate of Damian Lewis down at LSU. I'm sure they got a good scouting report from him, but he's a toolsy guy that I think that either competes with my boy, Phil Haynes at right guard, or is a guy that you're looking for in the future because before this draft, your three starting interior offensive linemen, Evan Brown, Damian Lewis, and Phil Haynes, none of them are on contract past this year. So you're going and getting a depth piece, potentially a starting piece that you're going to have for a few years to come. And I think that the athletic upside is something that really intrigued the Seahawks with this pick. (laughs) Effort came out of nowhere, that little cough there. wasn't expecting it. Is it, uh, is, is it my turn to butcher a name? Nope. Cameron Young, pick 123 out of Mississippi State. He was TDN's um, 211th prospect. Kane, break it down. And then I can also tell you why TDN had him at 211. Uh, his NFL comparison is Arby Jones. And from what I've seen, is he is an absolute run stuffer, and also a block eater. He 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 he's had two sacks in college, not great, but he's a D tackle. You know, usually D tackles are there to stop the run, and he gets a little bit of tackles for loss. But what we kind of want with this guy is to just stick his arm out and absolutely kind of like a Puna Ford type deal. Like Al Woods. Or, or yeah, Al Woods as well. But you hope to see that with this new addition of everybody bringing everybody back, or not everybody back, but you know, re-signing Jaron Reed, getting um Cameron Young here, I think that your D line has made vast improvements. And yeah, I just this this the whole defense is going to look so much different this year. I think Cameron Young. He I think Seahawks are going to want him to pack on a little bit more weight. They want him to eat up blocks, and that's kind of why TDN had him at two eleven is because they said there's limited pass rush upside, and I think with the edge players that you have, because the edge players in the three four are kind of more athletic D tackles that could play a little bit further outside, not just you know playing nose like you are going to see Cameron Young play. You want him to eat up blocks and let other guys make plays. You're looking for him to try and be a guy that gets double teamed to free up other players. And it's, the proof's going to be in the pudding, but he's a big boy clocking in over 300 pounds and 
just eating up space in the middle. And I think that that's why the Seahawks saw the value in taking Cameron down. All right. Next pick at pick 151, we have Mike Morris, edge, slash, I'm going to say slash D tackle for the Seahawks out of Michigan. Uh, clocked in at 151st pick. TDN had him at 113. And the Seahawks told him, put on some weight, son, because he was at the combine at 275 and recently weighed in at 295. I think this guy's going to come in. And he does have pass rush upside. This guy's going to be a perfect guy to spell with your Jaron Reed and Draymond Jones of the world. He's going to play. He's not going to be that rush edge off the end like you're going to see with Boye Mafe, with Chenyu Wosu, with Darrell Taylor, with Derek Hall. He's going to be playing in the middle a little bit. And he's going to be able to give you that upside as a pass rusher from that spot. That's why I think the Cameron Young thing is eat up blockers. You're adding more depth and more rotation pieces because you've seen Jaron Reed get 10 sacks before. You've seen Draymond Jones get nine sacks before and be a top pressure guy in the NFL. I think they're envisioning a similar similar role for Mike Morris to potentially take over that Jaron Reed role after that one to two year contract is up. I know it's a two year, but most of those are out in one if needed. If he takes that step forward and really starts stealing snaps from Jaron Reed, I think that he's going to be a pillar of this defense for a few years on the interior. All, All right. right. It's my time to shine, baby. The next pick, center out of Michigan, uh, was taken at 154. He was the 166 player on. TDN's rankings, and I'm going to give you the breakdown, but we love names. We love I think those I'm going to get it right. names. All right, Caden, why don't you tell us how you pronounce our new center prospect's name? I think I'm going to get it right. It's Olusega. Oluwatami. Oluwatami. Yep. I was close. Hey, that's, that's the best you've ever done. You must have been taking grammar lessons after Peter Skaronsky. Yeah, so, yeah, it was close. This was the Remington Award winner last year in college football as the top center in college football. And that's against the lights of John Michael Smith, Joe, uh, I think it's Joe Tipton that was taken early in the second. John Michael Smith was a second round pick as well. Getting him in the fifth round, I believe, is good value. He was a guy that started at Air Force, transferred to Michigan last year, inserted onto a team that had another dominant rushing attack. And I think that he doesn't give you that high athletic profile that you see with Tipton or Tipman. And he doesn't give you the overall edge that you see from that well-roundedness out of John Michael Schmitz. But what I do like about him is I think that he's serviceable and he's a plug-and-play type guy. You have Evan Brown. You're going to see what he can do. He's still relatively young. But this is an eye to the future, and I think that he's going to be a very solid player, whether he starts or is a backup. He's shown that he can go into new systems, get acclimated, win a job, and you know win an award for being the top center in college. So I'm excited to see how he slots in for the Seattle Seahawks. All right. Pick 198, we've got Jarek Reed the second. 
He was not rated in the top 425 for no. TDN. I also looked at ESPN, and he was also not in their top 300. Uh, top yeah. 200 selection here, though, by the Seahawks. So, as we were, we were talking. Out of New Mexico State? New Mexico. Ah, that's close. So, as we kind of were breaking it down a little bit earlier, um, his comparison would be a Julian Love type player. Um, in college, he had seven interceptions, no sacks, but some tackles for loss. Which you want a guy who's going to wrap things up. I mean, his last year he had 50 solos, which you love to see. If you can wrap somebody up, hell yeah, let's let's stop them. You know, um, it's just a good depth piece if you really look Special at it. Special teamer type guy right special team and he can cover the slot too he didn't college and one of the things that i see is we can't trust jamal adams to stay on the field and so it's a good little you know you can plug and play type of deal with him and i think he'll see some playing time on the actual defense he'll see a lot of playing time on the special teams it, it just it just depends it, it, if there's injuries on the year he most likely will see the field I don't think he's going to see really much of the field just because of the depth that you have and you can play all these guys at slot corner. And, I mean, you could get really wild and potentially play – I would probably slot Kobe Bryant playing a box safety over Jarek Reed at at this point in time. I think that he is a project-type piece type of guy, but could be a key special teams guy. Maybe like a Ricardo Lockett. Remember how good he was on special teams? That dude gunned. That dude was one of the best gunners out there. Another thought of a better comp for him. You You want comps? Right here. But now I forgot his name. Son of a kid. Jeremy Lane. There you go. Jeremy Lane was outside, kind of moved into safety at one point in his career with the Seahawks and then kind of fizzled after he left, but he had some big years. I think that you could see a similar path. Yeah, Special teams ace, work your way into a uh, tactical-type role at points yeah. in time. All right. I agree. The last pick for the Seahawks, pick 237, Kenny McIntosh, running back out of Georgia. He was TDN's 81st, one behind Zach Charbonneau. And probably the most emotional call, P. Carroll and John Schneider. John Schneider calls him up. He's like, hey, buddy, you're too talented to be sitting. We're coming to get you here. Like, you have a lot of talent. And he was never the bell cow back except for this year at Georgia. He was kind of their top guy in terms of – timeshare and on the field ability this year, but he's another guy that is similar to Charbonneau six foot. He's 200. So a little bit less weight, but he's a very versatile pass catcher. This is a guy who I think could eventually morph into our third down back. He doesn't have that breakaway speed, but where he excels is as a wide receiver, he would, Motion out of the backfield. He's ran out of the slot. He's done the quick motion out of the backfield. But he can go catch balls downfield. When you are trying to put pressure on defense, if you're rocking Jackson Smith and Jigba, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Noah Fant, 
Colby Parkinson, my boy Will Disley, and then you can bring this guy out and actually like have competent running backs to go catch the ball. I've been waiting for like a good third down back for a while because it's been a minute. Right. Yeah. And I think did. that that's that's his role to get playing time early on is to really step up his pass protection in the pocket and also being probably right now as we sit today, probably the best pass catching back on the roster. Like it. Yeah, and I really like this class, and so have a lot of people out there. I think that – Lots of A's. Yeah, a lot of A's. Mel Kuyper gave him an A, and Mel Kuyper kind of said that he gave them an – they gave him an A this year because he liked their draft last year and only gave it a B plus, so he was giving him the benefit of the doubt because the first two picks were stellar. And even the Derek Hall pick early in the second – after that, you know, they liked some of the pieces, but felt like some of the reaches, like with Zach Charbonneau potentially being a reach. But for what the Seahawks want to do, I think it plays right in their mold. And I think we're averaged out. If you look across most draft sites, you're looking at like an A minus B plus and not too many teams slotting ahead of the Seahawks. I think the most I saw was like five, five or six. Colin Cowherd has them as the third best team in the NFC. I saw that today as well. So, and, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, no, it was him. It was him. Yeah. Yeah. So. It was him. Yeah. And that's going to break down the draft recap. And you know what? We missed the Mariners. We're going to talk about them next week. We might do some fun things. Oh, we could do what we did last year, which welcome, welcome to a little tease for next week on one of the episodes next week probably a Thursday or Wednesday type episode, we will make nicknames for all of the players drafted by the Seahawks. It's fun. We'll all make one. And there's no rhyme or reason behind it, but it's always fun to make nicknames. And hopefully some of them will stick. Right, we'll see. There you go, Lefty. If you're, if you're listening to this over in Boise, you know, you know what we're doing next week. Congratulations. Oh shoot! Never mind. It's not going to be coming out then. It's going to. We're both episodes, at least on the audio audio side, are going to be dropping on Monday. That's true. Because <laughs> I will be out of town for work, and at a Mariners game on Tuesday, and out of town for work the next three days. So, double double dose on Monday. And if you want to stay caught up with us between now and our next episode, why don't you follow me over on social media? Hop on over to Twitter at the real coach red on Instagram at the real underscore coach red YouTube search kicking it with coach red like subscribe, hit the bell notification, leave a comment or four. Also follow the podcast page at coach red pod on Twitter and Instagram. Hey, follow us, follow us, follow us. Do it. Freaking do it. Kane, where you at? You can find me on Twitter at Kane2406, on YouTube at Kane06, TikTok and Twitch at Kane0624. And as always, stay fresh. Stay fresh, peeps. Peace.